Good morning. Good to see you today. We are so glad that you're here this morning. Welcome home. Uh, so good to be with you again today. Wanted to just celebrate real quickly uh, last Sunday night. I don't know if you went to the gathering or not, but for those that were here, uh, what an awesome, powerful time in God's presence. Amen. And uh, we hope that you'll be able to come and be a part of those uh, moving forward. Today, we are starting a new series called Amazing Faith. And here's the question that we're going to be asking over the next three weeks. In what area of your life is God calling you to stop doing the math and simply follow the Master? In what area of your life is God calling you to stop doing the math and simply start following the Master? I was thinking about this question because back in the spring, I was actually at the church on a Wednesday night, and I got a call, or I got a, basically, uh, Kelly Morey came running into me in here and uh, said, Kyle, Whitney has been trying to get a hold of you. Noah fell, and they think he broke his leg. And I'm like, oh, man. Of course, I'm racing home, and you know, I'm beginning to think, well, surely it's not as bad as, as what you know they're saying. And, man, I hope he can play baseball this summer because Noah loves baseball. And so we get home, and sure enough, it's, you know, his leg's laying the wrong direction, and we take him to the hospital, and, and they set his leg, and... The doctor says, that, you know, he's not playing baseball this summer. He's out. And for a 12-year-old boy or just anybody who loves sports in general to not be able to do what they love to do just breaks your heart. And I was doing the math in my head. Okay, maybe your son didn't break his leg or hurt himself. Maybe it's your finances. You're doing the math and you, have, you can't just see how God can be in any of this. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage and you're doing the math in your head and you're saying, there is no way that our marriage is going to make it. Maybe you're doing the math in your head and you're saying, stage four cancer, there is no way that God could ever heal me. Maybe you're doing the math in your head and, and you know someone who's addicted to something or struggling in some way and the math says... It's never going to get better. They're never going to get clean. There's never going to be any hope. And I share that with you today because there are times in our life where when we do the math, it gets really depressing, doesn't it? It gets really hard. It can even make us just full of anxiety and doubt and fear, and, and, and it's hard to see anything but the doubt and the worry and why in the world did this happen to me? At the same time that Noah broke his leg, we were supposed to be filling out an application for Grace to be able to play softball this summer. And the long story short was we ended up being late on the deadline and we missed the deadline and that was our fault. We just weren't paying attention. So now we're looking at each other and we're thinking, Grace, can't, or Grace isn't playing sports and Noah isn't playing sports. And we just begin to kind of, man, this stinks. And can I tell you that this has been the most amazing summer and I don't even know when. 
I begin to stop doing the math and I begin to trust God. Maybe you've got a bigger plan for us this summer. We spent more time together as a family than we ever have. And I don't believe that God broke Noah's leg so that we would be able to hang out together. I don't believe that I missed the deadline with grace so that we would be able to hang out together. But I also believe that God knows more than I do. And when I stopped doing the math and I just began to trust God, God began to open me up to maybe some other things that needed to happen besides baseball. In what area of your life is God calling you, stop doing the math and start trusting and following me? This morning, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn with me uh, to Genesis chapter 6, we're going to be looking at um, the story of Noah. Karen, if you want to go with me uh, to where it says, ignoring the math and following the master. Because here's here's the motto today. Amazing faith means ignoring the math and following the master. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 6. And chapter 7, and and we're going to be jumping around between uh, those two chapters as well as chapter 8. When I think about what it means to to ignore the math and follow the master, the first thing we've got to be able to hear is God's voice speaking to us. Because even as believers, even as maybe some of us in here who want to do what God wants us to do, it's hard to trust God when we haven't heard God's voice. But at the same time, when we hear God's voice speak to us loud and clear, we're able to do in faith what others aren't willing to do. Some of us remember that movie, Field of Dreams, which came out in, in I think, like 1989. If you're, if you're, you know, not a Generation Xer, if you're a millennial, you may not even have heard of this movie. But in this movie, this Guy lives in Iowa, and he hears this voice call him basically to mow up his corn and build a baseball field. And at the beginning of that story, he begins to hear this voice that doesn't make sense. It's not logical. just now. What was it? We didn't hear anything. All right.
I share that video clip with you this morning because I believe, and Scripture uh, confirms this, that if we're walking with God, there will be a time in our lives where He will figuratively whisper in our ear something that makes no sense on paper. In fact, if you've been a Christian very long and you haven't heard that voice yet, you will. And in our lives, there are times where we desperately want to hear God's voice say, if you build it, he will come. And there are times in our life where we desperately don't want God's voice in our ear. But the truth of the matter is, is if you and I are walking with God, there are going to be times where he's going to call us to have amazing faith that ignores the math and follows the master. This question began to to permeate in my brain as I was preparing for this series. How does God get the credit if the math works? Several years ago, we were praying about paying off our debt as a church. We had like $255,000, I think, in debt left. And, and I approached the board with paying this off. And they said, well, you know, logically, this and that and the other, you can pay it off in two years. And da 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 da, da. And I said, well, then let's pay it off in a year. How does God get the credit if we can work it out on paper? And ten and a half months later, we were able to pay that debt off. In your life, if everything is logical and rational and you put God in that box, then how does he get the glory instead of you? Today we're going to learn that an amazing faith always comes before an amazing boat. We talk about Noah today. Say it with me. Amazing faith always comes before an amazing boat. If you know the story of Noah in Scripture, God has created humanity, we know, with Adam and Eve, and and he begins to share with people, you know, be fruitful and multiply, and and they do, and and the world begins to increase in number. And there's an issue, though. The vision that God has for his people is not being accomplished. And he begins to see in Genesis chapter 6 how great man's wickedness on earth is. And he begins to be saddened and disappointed and frustrated and angry because this is not what God, this is not what he intended for his people. And so God decides in that moment that he's going to start over. He's going to hit the reset button. He's going to wipe out this sinful creation. But at the same time that he's feeling that way, he sees this, this one man, Noah, who, who he finds favor with. And despite all that's taking place in the world, sin-wise, he sees Noah as someone who has amazing faith. And God finds favor with him, and he sees Noah as someone who is righteous and blameless. And most importantly, someone who walks with God. Noah finds favor Noah is found righteous. Noah is blameless. Noah walks with God. Noah finds favor. Noah is righteous. Noah is blameless. And Noah walks with God. You see, if we want to see God do an amazing, 
We want to see an amazing boat in our lives, right? A figurative Noah's Ark. We want to see that marriage restored. We want to see answers to why this happened. We want to understand what God's calling us to. We want to see the cancer healed. We want to see the job that we're praying for. We want to see the person who doesn't know Christ to come to know Christ. We want the boat. We want the amazing boat. But before that, God calls us to have amazing faith. You see, amazing faith begins with an amazing walk. Say it with me. Amazing faith begins with an amazing walk. Several months back, we talked about soul care. We talked about our time with the Lord. And my question to you today is this. Do you have that time with God? Are you putting that time with God in? Amazing faith begins with an amazing walk. It's hard to trust someone that you don't know. It's hard to put trust in a stranger. And if God is a stranger to us, it's going to be hard to trust him. But as we walk with God, I was talking to my brother Jade, and he went through some hard times in his church a couple years ago. And he said what got him through that time was his relationship with God and his relationship with his family. And he said, because my relationship with God was strong, And because my relationship with my wife was strong, and because my relationship with my kids was strong, I was able to get through it. What's he saying? The most important relationships in my life were strong. And it allowed me to endure and to trust God in the middle of hardships. He's saying that amazing faith begins with an amazing walk. So God tells Noah, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to wipe out all these people because they are so sinful and so wicked. But I'm going to not wipe you out. And here's what we're going to do. I want you to build a boat. I mean a really big boat. And we see in Genesis chapter 6 there towards the end, he gives him very specific um, instructions. He says, I'm going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence. So make for yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. And he goes through all these details. This is how you're to build it, 450 feet long and 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Make a roof for it. And he goes on with all these instructions. And someone, several years back, took those instructions and they... I don't know how I got back to the front here. Okay. And, that's, and the service is over now. There you go. And someone in Kentucky took those dimensions from the boat and made the exact dimensions of the boat. Has anybody been to this place? Some of us I know and uh, have seen this before, been there. And that's the boat that the Bible talks about. And I I begin to think about this because it's easy to, when God gives us a command to do something that huge, it's, it's easy for us to begin to look for rain. You know, okay, God, you told me to build a boat. I don't see any storms. I don't see any clouds. And yet Scripture says that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. 
His walk with God allowed him to have amazing faith. His walk with God allowed him to stop doing the math and just start building the boat. You see, knowing God has spoken to you allows you to build a boat in a land that has never seen rain. There had never been rain on planet Earth. Now, I don't know about you, but if I started doing the math in my head, it would, it would for sure make me doubt what God had said to me and make me think maybe I'm crazy. And there will be times in our life where God will say, stop looking at the clouds, stop looking for rain, stop trying to figure out why. It's God math. And just build the boat. God, why did you have Noah break his leg? Kyle, just, just do, just trust me. This summer, or we were in Philadelphia and we were going to see the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall, and we got out of the car and it was pouring down rain. And we put the the map thing in our phone and eventually found it in the rain and the kids are all frustrated and you know I mean we were bone down to the bone wet and after it was over with we're going back to the car and I accidentally put in driving directions instead of walking directions and we were taking wrong turns and Noah gets frustrated and he's like dad where are we going and inside I said I don't know But on the outside, I said, would you just trust me? Would you give me the ability to fail and get it right? Obviously, God doesn't fail and God knows where he's going. But we are like Noah a lot in the story when we don't we want to control things and we want to know where we're going. And God's just like, would you just be quiet and trust me? Because obedience is proof of faith in God. It's not understanding how the boat's going to float. It's not understanding when the rain's coming. It's just being obedient. How is God calling you to just trust Him and say yes? Later, we see in that story, not only does God give Noah specific dimensions on how to build the boat, but He begins to give him instructions on animals and how many animals, two by two. And, and Noah, again, the Scripture says, does everything just as God commanded him and then at some point it does begin to rain and God calls Noah and his family to get inside the boat and God closes the door and now it's just him and his family everybody else has passed away and it rains 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 and while Noah begins to see that God did what he said he's going to do. It begins to get lonely and, and days start stacking on top of each other. And I don't know if they get motion sick, but I get motion sick out on the ocean. And it begins to kind of, you get claustrophobic and you got all this to do. And I was thinking about this. Being in a big storm doesn't mean God has forgotten you. So keep the faith. Maybe it's storming in your life the way that it was storming during the rain time with, with Noah. And it feels like while God is protecting you, it also feels like 
there's no end in sight. And it's easy, again, to be filled with doubt. I mean, when we read Scripture, we see story after story where God provides, and then God asks them to trust Him again, and then they forget, and God provides. I mean, that's just a repeat cycle. I want to tell you today that some of us are trying to be faithful to God, and it feels like that God has forgotten you. You have been praying for years and years for someone you know to come to know Christ, and it feels like God is not answering your prayers. You're in the middle of some type of a storm. I don't know what it is. And while you trust God and nothing would ever you know, cause you to not trust Him, in the midst of all that, you're filled with doubt and with worry. But in the same way that we read Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, that it gives us comfort for his story. We can read the same story and it gives us comfort today. But God remembered Noah. Say it with me. But God remembered. One more time. But God remembered Noah. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten his promise to you don't quit don't give up satan would like nothing more than for you to give in and give up god remembers noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark and he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded, and you, many of us know the story, and if you don't, eventually the, it gets to where they're able to park the ark and get out and begin to be fruitful and multiply and accomplish the plans that God has for them. And we look back at the story and we think, man, Noah had amazing faith. But the reality is not everything that happened is recorded in Scripture. Not every thought, every word, every deed is recorded. And you can bet there were moments of doubt. But what kept Noah and his family was his walk with the Lord. With his righteousness. Amazing faith always comes before an amazing boat. Are you building the boat? Or are you looking at the weather? Well, I'm, he's calling me to build this boat. I don't see any rain. What we also don't read a lot in Scripture is, can you imagine the community who'd never seen rain before? What they thought of Noah while he's building a boat? Look at that idiot. You're not, you don't have amazing faith. You're an amazing dope. You're an amazing idiot. Mark Batterson in his book, Chase the Lion, says, Faith is taking the first step before God reveals the second step. Are you looking for the second step? Or are you simply taking the first step? In that movie, Field of Dreams, 
He not only hears, if you build it, they will come, but he begins to realize that there's something more here than just the wind. And he begins to plow up his cornfield. And in the movie, you see all of his farmers saying, what an idiot, what are you doing? He's going to lose his farm. In fact, if you've seen the movie, you know there's a clip in there where he's built the field and he's even seen these baseball players from the early 1900s come and play on this field. But his, I think it's his brother-in-law comes over and says to him, if you don't sell this farm that you turned into a baseball field, they're going to foreclose on your house. And at the same time, his friend that he's met begins to say to him, don't sell the farm. And I, I want you to watch this video clip and and James Earl Jones, he's, he's like God calling us to trust him. And, and this other guy in the, in the clip is, is like our own doubts and our own fears. And it's sometimes like Satan in our ears. Watch this clip. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh... People will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Ray, you will lose everything. You will be evicted. may not have heard what he said. He mumbled it. He said, I'm not signing. This morning, in what area of your life, in what area of my life, do we need to have amazing faith? How is God calling you to stop doing the math? God, this is going to wreck Noah's summer. God, this is going to wreck his psyche. Kyle, just trust me. God, this is the 50th time I've tried to make my husband go to counseling. I, I've tried to, to restore what's broken. Just trust me. God, I'm trying to be faithful to you, and, and we are so broke. How in the world could we ever tithe? Just trust me. 
God, I make more money doing this job, and yet I feel like you're calling me to this other thing. It doesn't make sense. Stop doing the math and just trust me. Lord, I know that you're, you're calling me to talk to this person at school or at work that doesn't know Christ. And as I'm doing the math, I already know what they're going to say. They're going to say, forget you, or, or they're not going to want anything to do with me, or they're going to judge me, and they're going to persecute me. And I know the Bible says that you know, we're going to be persecuted, but I just, are you going to stop doing the math and just trust me? This morning as we stand together, I want to ask you this question. With every head bowed and every eye closed, in what area of your life is God calling you to stop doing the math and simply follow the master thank you God that you can give us faith Father today help us to trust you help us to ignore the math and follow the master we give you praise and glory in Jesus name I want to ask you for just to be seated for one second we're going to extend this message for just a second because we're going to talk to you uh, real quickly. Age is going to come. Come on up, Age, and share with you how we're having amazing faith that we can find some more volunteers for the homestead. Age, share with us real quick. Um, a year ago, about this time, our church, uh, as a family, we stepped out um, and we built something that, you know, you couldn't do the math on. Um, there's no formula. Uh, there's no uh, way of doing what we are now doing. The homestead was something we felt as a church God was calling us to do. And so last year we set out to do it. And we kind of just uh, figured it out as we went. And what we learned was that God can do some incredible things when you are willing to let Him handle the math and just have the faith to do it. This year we uh, experienced the homestead being put in here on the corner uh, up the street here. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. This is what God did. Uh, we had people in our church give time and uh, renovate this house. Um, go ahead, keep going through. And it turned out beautiful. And what came out of this was this next picture. We had students from all walks of life, all different types of backgrounds and, and, and focuses for their education come to the table and live life together and develop a family and a community that otherwise would not have happened. We had students find opportunities to grow in their faith and continue to seek the Lord out of high school or on their campus in college, and that was all because our church stepped out. What we also know is that college ministry is transient, which means every year we have to build a boat. And so that's why we're asking for you to consider stepping out in faith in your life to be generous and to join us in this, to help us build this up. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, you can host. We have shifts throughout the week. 
They're three hours at a, at a time, four shifts a day. You can come and talk to me a little bit more to uh, sign up for that. We have a bake team. If you're good at baking, you love to bake, and you want to make college students happy, you're the right person for that. We also have people that make meals, reheatable meals, casseroles, soups, chili, a lot of different things you can make. It's just a kind of a one-time thing. You can do it as often as you want, but it takes, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much time either. And then also we have a donation list. If you just want to donate things, you can come get that donation list from me. And I will tell you that it makes a difference in the lives of students and in what we do uh, as a, a church in having the homestead. You can go online, go to pitnaz.church, uh, click the give and share tab. It will take, it, take you down. If you scroll down, it'll take you down to the homestead. You can click the link. You can sign up there or you can see me after church and we'll get you signed up to volunteer. But if any of those opportunities sounds like something you can do to step out in faith, let God do the math on in your life, we'd be happy to have you on this journey. Thanks, Age. So if you're interested in doing that, see Pastor Age. Is there a sign-up sheet, Age, at the Welcome Center? I've got it with you've got, He's got it with him, so you can sign up with Age. Let's stand together this morning. Lord Jesus, help us to ignore the math and follow you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.